Welcome to the podcast of Life Church in Houston, Texas. We are so glad that you are joining us today. We hope that this message inspires your week, builds your faith, and ultimately brings you closer to Christ. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the podcast. Well, I want to preach today about blessed to be a blessing. Everybody say blessed to be a blessing. Now, in, in Ima's home, I have a little apartment there that Nancy and I stay at. Well, uh, Bobby's here. Bobby, stand up. Bobby is a big part of Ima's home. All of the kids call her Aunt Bobby and love her. She stays in that apartment when she's there. And, and it's a pretty dark apartment. You know, the, the Philippines uh, doesn't have all of the night lights, the, the street lights, all of the, all of the lights that we have here. And so the first couple of uh, nights that we were there, we just really saw how dark it was. And, and, and you know, when, when the sun goes down, it gets dark. The lights we have, once you turn them off, it's, the apartment was pitch black. And, and, and so we were going to one of the stores, and I happened to find this uh, night light. Um, and, and it really uh, just completely changed. It, it has several settings, and, you know, I, I really enjoy the different uh, shades. And then, you know, like at 2 o'clock in the morning, it, you get up and you have to go to the bathroom, and you want to uh, do some disco. I appreciate the fact that it has a setting for uh, disco. So, you know, we would do that for a little bit late at night. And um, I, I just appreciate the fact that it's li- that, that light came. As a matter of fact, when we put that light up, this is what happened. It brought a lot of comfort to that room. It, it, it brought a little bit of peace and it brought a little bit of, uh, of just illumination. I was able to see a little bit better. And, and as I was uh, there thinking about that, just so proud of myself that I found that little light. And, 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 and I, I really started thinking about how, what, what a difference a light makes. And that's, that's what the Lord has called us as the church to be. He, he wants us to be a comfort to the world that is around us. He, he wants us to be um, a, a sign of peace to the world that is around us. He wants us uh, to illuminate. He wants us to shine in the darkness. And, and, and he really wants us to be the light. As a matter of fact, in the book of Matthew chapter 5, we hear Jesus speaking this is his first sermon that he ever preached publicly. Uh, it was kind of the, the manifesto. This is what my life is all about, and this is what the life of my followers will be. And, and in that passage of Scripture, he really identifies what he wants for us to be as the church. And this is what he said in verse number 13. You are the salt of the earth, but what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. He also said, you are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one who lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket, instead a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. And, and, and really, when you look at this, this, this is what the Lord wants for us. He wants us to be salt, add flavor, uh, prevent decay in the world that is around us. And he wants us to be a light that shines brightly. I, I've noticed over the last, 
uh, several years, and I'm sure you're aware of it too, that it seems like everybody is searching for their identity. It seems like everybody is searching for meaning. And, and I know much of this is because our culture itself has raised so many questions about identity. The questions that seem to be solved for thousands of years have all, all of a sudden come into question about, about what people are and, and how they identify and, 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 and you know what it's resulted in? It's resulted in many finding an, an identity in those things that they believe will make them happy. They've found an identity in something that they have uh, thought, okay, this is what's going to bring me happiness. And, and some of those identities are just uh, basically uh, uh, identities that, that come out of selfish lust, that, that comes out of something that, that they want to have to fulfill the lust in their own heart. Some, some of it is um, a redefining of identity because... Uh, beyond what the world has recognized as, as male and female for thousands of years. And, and, and uh, to be honest with you, much of that is found in just a spirit of rebellion and, a, and in a spirit of pride. And, and then there's a great amount of people that, that have just struggled with their identity because of the uncertainty in their own life, the insecurity in their own life, some of the traumas that they may have faced as they've gone through life and things that they've had, and because of that, it's brought so much um, confusion, so much insecurity, so much uncertainty that people are all of a sudden talking about these identities. And, and, and I believe that, that, these, that the culture that we're in, especially here in America, maybe in Europe, um, it, the, the culture is really telling people to look inwardly and, and find and follow the desires of your own heart to define your identity. And, and what I've noticed, and I'm sure you have too, when, when people go through these journeys and they come upon what they feel like is their identity, they're very forceful to, to let everybody know, this is what I am. How, how many of you have noticed that in the world that we live in? That they're, very, they're very strong and to talk about that and very passionate to make their identity known and and um, I, I'm just praying, I'm asking the Lord to help us weather these storms that we're in and all of the things that are going on in our world. I, I truly believe that our identity is found in Christ, amen? And, and the creation, we are the creation of the Lord and that's where our identity is truly found. <clears throat> and one of the things I thought about is what if the church, everybody say, I'm the church, Friendswood, League City, I'm the church. What if we were as passionate about our identity as the church, our identity in Christ, as we've seen some people be passionate about the, the identities that they have proclaimed uh, of who they are and what they are? I, I see that the Lord wants us to be the salt of the earth. That, that is a strong identity that he wants from us. And, and, and the, the salt of the earth really points to the fact that, that the, the world is decaying and it needs preservation. It needs rescuing from death. And, and it's through the church's character, it's through the church's good works that we preserve the world around us and, and become the hope of the world. I still believe the church is the greatest hope for the world that we live in. I still believe 
that the church is the light and the salt that the world should be looking at to help us uh, prevent the decay of the world around us. Anybody believe that with me? I believe that. I believe that our being the light of the world points to the fact that the world lives in darkness and that it is our responsibility to just shine the light so that people around us can see that there is forgiveness of sins. People around us can see that there is reconciliation to Christ. People around us can see that God wants to do a part in our life. And I, I think that we must do our part. Everybody has to do their part. I know some people's part uh, seems to be larger than everybody else's, but the truth of the matter is it's everybody doing their part. Everybody say, do my part. And this is what God does. If we all do our part and the body works together, there is an incredible blessing that takes place in our life and the efficiency and effectiveness of the church then is center stage because we're all doing our part. Now, Jesus had a conversation with his disciples in the last few minutes that, his, uh, that he was on earth. Just a few minutes before he ascended into heaven, he, he gave them this last message. And this is what he said to them. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere and he told them, tell them in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now, to us, that was just a, a beautiful phrase at the end. But for the 500 disciples that were there waiting to hear what the Lord would say, they understood when he said, tell it in Jerusalem, he was talking about the city that was just right across the valley. The city that they could see. He, he was letting them know, I want you to be witnesses in Jerusalem, in this city. He said he also wanted them to be witnesses in Judea and Samaria. And they knew, instinctively they knew, that's the country that they lived in. So not just here, but we also want to reach into Damascus. And we want to reach into Joppa and to, uh, to Caesarea. They knew that the Lord was calling them to be witnesses to all of those places that were in their nation. And then when he says to the ends of the world, they understood that what the Lord was calling was for them to be witnesses as far as they could go, to reach the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, and let me tell you something. For the first 300 years, the impact of the gospel of Jesus Christ was so amazing and still today, the gospel of Jesus Christ, it has shaped nations, it has shaped governments, and, and, and it's so, still so important. I, I still believe in the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ unto salvation. Does anybody believe that with me? God still saves. And, and I think that it's important for us to continue to reach our city. I, I'm thankful that we live in this city. I've lived in this city all of my life. How, how many native Houstonians are here? Let me just see the hands of all the... I, I love this city. Yes, I know that it's hot. I, I, I know that we're really at peak winter weather right now and we could spend the next three months hot. I, I know all that. And, and if you're going to talk bad about it, I understand. I, I'm going to gripe with you, but I'm not going anywhere because I love 
this city. I love where God has called me. And, and I want to make sure that we reach this city. I want to make sure that we reach the area that God has appointed us to. And, and, and so this legacy offering, um, which is only a portion of what we do, is going to help to reach this area. The, the, the part of this offering is going to help reach our nation. I, I want to strengthen churches that we are uh, connected with. I want to bless them. And as we bless them and help them, we know that they will bless and help their community. And of course, we want to do whatever we can in our international missions also. So let me just tell you a little bit about what we do here in the local community. Not only uh, do we have services and, and not only do we depend on you to let your light shine and, and be a bringer, uh, I think one of the things that we can do as a part of our legacy is bring people to church. And there's a big difference in inviting someone to church and bringing them to church. It's, it's easy to invite people to church. Hey, well, we should come and visit. We're having a Spanish worship service on Sunday night. I think you'll enjoy it. It's a whole nother level when you say, hey, I'm going to pick you up and bring you with me. And I've always prayed, God, give us people in Life Church that are bringers, that will find in their heart the compassion to reach for people. But, but not only do we have services, not only do we bring, but we also give. A lot of our giving stays right here in our local community. We've been very blessed to, to partner with Matthew 25, 35 through 40 ministry. And Langdon is here uh, somewhere. Langdon, will you stand if you're in the building? He's back there. God, God bless Langdon. God bless him for all that he does. And, and Matthew uh, 25, 35 through 40 ministry really focuses on the homeless people that are in our area, the people that are down and out. And, and, and Frank uh, um, Langdon is just so consistent in going and helping, going and serving, going and delivering all kind of things, food, toothpaste, shoes, um, you name it. I'm sure that one time or another, Langdon has gone down and helped people. And uh, he has such a great reputation in our city in the, the work with the homeless people. And, and look, I wish we could solve that issue but until we can come to an answer and have a, an ability to solve it, we, we have to minister. We have to continue to help these people that are down and out. And, and, and I'm really thankful in the last few years that our legacy offering has been able to partner with them. And, and I'm believing this year that we're going to be able to partner uh, to the tune of $30,000 just to bless them and to help them feed people, clothe people that are down and out. In Jesus' name. Everybody say, in Jesus' name. Another thing we do locally is we're constantly helping families in crisis. So throughout the year, we'll have families where they'll have a fire in their house. They'll have a death in their family. They'll have a bankruptcy, whatever it may be, uh, a, a sickness, whatever it may be. We do everything that we can to come alongside those families and then help them, bless them, be there for them, help them financially, pray for them, take them food. And so a portion of that uh, legacy offering stays right here in our house so that we can help people that are in crisis. You see, this is what I believe, and, and I learned this from my father, that if we serve the practical needs of people in our city, and, and not out of obligation, but out of a heart, out of love, out of compassion, uh, that that service to them will in turn 
open their hearts to God. I believe that and I've seen that happen over and over again. This is what Paul wrote to the church in 1 Corinthians. He said in chapter 9 and verse 22, When I am with those who are weak, I share their weakness, for I want to bring the weak to Christ. Amen. I want to bring them to Christ. Yes, I try to find common ground with everyone doing everything so I can save some. Amen. We, we also, uh, part of our legacy offering, which is our one-time year missions giving offering, we, we work with uh, a national groups. We, we help people that are in the United States of America. Just in the last couple of months, we've helped fund a church plant in, in, a, in a very dangerous part of Chicago. We've, we've helped fund a church plant in uh, uh, Monroe, Louisiana. We've, we've responded when there's been catastrophes around our nation. Just a few weeks ago when Hurricane Ian came into Florida, we, we sent an offering to one of the churches where their area was really hit by that hurricane and and it was a blessing to them. They were able to feed people, help people, uh, uh, rebuild homes. And, and so we want to help people in our own nation, planting churches, reaching in a time for catastrophe. And thank God that when we went through our catastrophes here in Houston, like Hurricane Harvey, there were churches from around the nation that helped us. It was amazing to me how quickly people helped. And I purpose in my heart, I always want to be a church that when something happens, we're able to do that. And over the last few years, we've done that. We've spent, uh, we've sent great offerings to churches in Louisiana, churches in Mississippi, churches in Florida that have been affected by storms, and, and we're going to continue to do that. Someone said amen. The reason we do that is we want to strengthen them when they're in their times of weakness. We want to be partners with them. And uh, it really fits with what the scripture says in the book of Acts chapter 16 in verse number 5. It says, so the churches were strengthened in their faith and grew larger every day. That's what we want. We want the church to be strengthened and for them to grow. And so we invest in helping new churches, strengthening existing churches so they in turn can reach our Judea and our Samaria, our nation. And then finally, part of our offering goes to our international missions. And we have five places that we give to this year. One is to a ministry called Revive get a mic. Amen. So Revive Israel is a ministry that reaches for the Jewish and the Arab uh, population of the Middle East. It's a, it's, it, we're reaching to save people in that area. And, and this is what I believe. I believe that revival as it comes to Israel is going to have a great impact on the world all around us. Amen. And then uh, we also give to Life Church in Lithuania. You saw the testimony from Pastor Miller. He joined me in the Philippines, and we had such a wonderful time of fellowship with him and with six other pastors that were there. I'll, I'll talk about that some other time. But, but uh, Lithuania has one of the, the highest suicide rates in all of the world. And uh, they're, they're living in a nation that has gone through a lot of depression, uh, also, the alcoholism rate is one of the highest in the world. 
And this family has just brought hope. They've brought such a blessing and a help and a strength to so many people. And I'm really thankful that we can partner with them. Uh, we are partnering also with Wings of the Eagle Church in Mexico. It was in Spanish, but I decided today not to try to say it in Spanish. I'll just give you the English translation, Wings of the Eagle, which, by the way, I think is an awesome church name. Isn't that an awesome church name? And um, I, I have known the pastor there, Pastor Furman Diaz, for probably 25 years. He is a great man. I would really uh, say that he is almost an apostolic, an apostle to that whole area, the way he reaches. And, and if you saw on the screen the church that was being built there, that's what we did with our legacy offering. We were able to help build a church, and uh, I, I want to continue to bless them and to help them. And then finally, uh, you've already heard the testimonies today. I'm as home in the Philippines that's something that God has placed in our church's heart. And thank you for your help. We continue to grow it. Uh, when I see the change that took place in these kids over the past few years, I, I'm, in so, um, I'm so anticipating getting new children in and being able to be a blessing in their life and to help them. And, and um, uh, just between us and, and uh, everybody that's watching online and our other campuses, you know, during the pandemic, one of the things that happened is the, um, the distribution of birth control ceased during the two years of the pandemic, and, and from all of the reports that I read, uh, there is going to be a, a, just an explosion of abandoned children over the next few years, and we're really positioning ourselves as I'm as home so that we can help this catastrophe and, and help those children. You heard what Amy's, Amy said uh, at three years old. Uh, on the side of the street, no shirt, she said. She said no sleepers. That meant she had nothing to sleep in, no pajamas. She was just sleeping out in the open and begging for food. There are hundreds of children, thousands of children that are in that same situation, and I'm thankful that we can save a few, amen? It, it's, it, listen, I'm thankful we can save a few. Listen, I can't solve that problem, but I can do my part. Everybody say my part. Man, there's a lot of issues that this world faces, and I can't solve all of them. But this is what I can do. I can do my part. And as a church, we can do our part. Jesus, in Matthew chapter 16 and 15, says this, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all nations. So we're really focused on these strategic missions so that we can bless people in those areas. We're trying to bless people in the country of um, Lithuania. Uh, we also uh, are a sponsor of an orphanage in Bulgaria that has a church connected to it. So we're, we're doing our best to reach that Eastern Europe where there's so much poverty and, and, and so much crime and so much corruption. We are uh, doing our best to reach down into Mexico, into an area that has been uh, really um, destroyed because of the drug trafficking and, and because of the warfare between the different cartels. We're, we're, we're trying to bless that area and bring hope to it. We're, we're doing our best to, to reach into the Philippines, reach into Israel, places that have gone through so much. And, and then, of course, we, we want to reach our community, Life Church, our own home. We want to bless them. Now, this is what I believe the church should do. We should be strong when the world is weak. Amen. 
when there's weakness around us and when there's destruction around us, the church should stand strong. This is what Jesus said to Peter in Matthew 16, 18. Now I say that you are Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock I will build my church. Not I'm trying to build my church. Jesus said, I will build my church. And the last part of that scripture says, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. In other words, whatever hell wants to throw at the church, it's not going to stop the church because the church is ordained by God. And I know that this past year has brought significant changes to our local assembly. Our local assembly now is split, split into three campuses. But the beauty of what we're trying to do, and, and I think we're going through the growing pains right now, is we're building these life-giving, life-church campuses in communities throughout the South Houston area because we want people to, to know God. We want people to find freedom. We want people to discover life and we want people to make a, a difference. Amen. We, we want to be a blessing. Now, I believe that we are blessed. Everybody say we are blessed. Uh, as Gene, I am a veteran uh, of Life Church. Uh, I, I've actually been a member of this church for 60 years because the first place I ever went besides my home and my doctor was to Life Church. I, I, I've been a part of this church all of my life, and Jean got here as quick as she can, could. She was um, five when you got here? Five. So we, we poured our heart and our life into this. And, and, and today, I, I want to tell you something, that today is our church birthday. Today, we are celebrating 68 years old. Can we give our church a hand clap? Friendswood, can you give our church a hand clap? League City, can you give our church a hand clap? 68 years of ministry in the city of Houston. And, and, and one of the things that has happened while my dad has pastored, no, it's fine. As my dad has pastored and, and some of the things that have happened as I've grown up in the church is we've done everything we could to reach the city. We, we, I grew up when we were running bus routes and, and every Saturday there would be bus routes that would go out all over the South Belt area. Um, Jackie Howe was talking about it this morning. Uh, Jackie and Jennifer uh, LaCour and I worked on a bus route way back in the late 70s. And, and we had so much fun doing that. Brought hundreds of kids to church. And, and we had a downtown mission where we, where we were reaching for the homeless people at that time. At that time, they weren't called homeless. They were called bums. They, they were called hobos. They were called alcoholics. And, and uh, every Sunday morning, we would have a service. That, that was before uh, we changed to a little more politically correct language but but every Sunday we would have uh, services we'd give them breakfast we'd give them coffee we'd do everything we could reach them jail ministry years and years of jail ministry and prison ministry and small groups and dramas and 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 worship nights and and door knocking and large events where we would rent out the summit back when it was the summit now it's Lakewood Church we we had a Holy Ghost move of God in there before Lakewood got it 
So uh, uh, we, we kind of broke the ground there for them. Bless their, bless their hearts. Bless them. God, just touch them. No, we, we love we love Lakewood and Pastor Joel so much. Thankful for them. Uh, but, but God has blessed us. Everybody say we've been blessed. We have been blessed. God has watched over us every step of the way. When, when we purchased this land, this land was, uh, you, it was amazing what the, the Lord preserved this land for us. And we, we purchased um, 30 acres right here across the street where that school is. We, that was our property. All of this property, God, we, we purchased it for $140,000. I mean, you can't buy one acre on, on Alameda Genoa for, for that amount now. We had 30 acres, and through the years, God has helped us to take the money that we've put in and multiplied and multiplied. He's blessed us. We are blessed to be a blessing. We are blessed to be a blessing. So, so the first thing that we need to understand when we're blessed to be a blessing is that God blesses us with more than we need so we can be a blessing to others. I, I know right now some of you are saying, well, I'm not, I'm not blessed with more. Oh, you, you are. We are living in a blessed nation and in a blessed country. And we are blessed more and abundantly more than, than, any, than any other country in the world. And, and we have to know what the more is for. It's for blessing others. L listen to what the Lord said to Abraham when he was making him the promise of how he was going to be a great nation. He said in chapter 12 of Genesis, the second, chap uh, the second verse, he said, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous and you will be a blessing to others. So, so the Lord's going to bless him but that blessing is going to end up in him being a blessing and the nation of Israel being a blessing to others. So the first thing we need to know is when we're blessed with more is that God wants us to then turn around and bless other people. The second thing you need to know is that when we bless others, God takes care of us. I, I want to know, does anybody believe that, that God will take care of you? When we bless others, God takes care of our needs. There's nothing God won't do for the person, for the church, that is constantly trying to help other people. As a matter of fact, Jesus taught this. He said in Luke chapter 18, 29 through 30, Yes, Jesus replied, And I assure you that everyone who has given up house or wife or brothers or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God. Now, let me just stop right here. Parents, we're not accepting any children today. If you brought them, you have to take them home with you. Um, but, but if anyone gives anything for the kingdom of God, look what the 30th verse says. It says, will be repaid <laughs> many times over in this life and will have eternal life in the world to come. I, I want you to know the principle behind this passage of Scripture. It's real simple. If you want to write it down, actually, you can memorize it right now because as I say it, it's going to catch in your mind. You can't outgive God. Just say it with me. You can't outgive God. And, and I know sometimes we are hesitant at the things that, that, that we begin to perceive that the Lord might be asking from us. 
Sometimes when we pray about things in the Lord, hold on, Lord, I I don't know that I can give that. I don't don't know if I can go there. I don't know if I can make that commitment. And and the answer is you cannot outgive God. And it's never going to be the place where, where we too think that it is, it's going to be too much of a cost for us. I don't ever want to get to that place. I want us to always be at that place where we know God gives us more than we could ever give him. If he never blesses me again, he's already blessed me more than I could ever give back to him, more than I could ever repay him. I, I know that he blesses us to be a blessing and he takes care of us. In, in the book of 2 Corinthians, Paul was asking for the churches to give an offering to the poor in Jerusalem that had been affected by a famine. And, and he teaches on giving. I, I'm going to read a portion of that passage here in just a few minutes when I close my message. But there's some things that he makes plain there in that teaching. 2 Corinthians, I, I ask you to go read it and think about it. And the first thing is that when we give to the kingdom of God, it should come out of a person that has already committed themselves completely to God. That when we give, giving ought to be something that God prompts in our heart. We hear the Spirit speak to us to give and that giving ought to be done as something we choose to do willingly. Again, no pressure today from me. God forbid I would pressure anyone. What I want is for God to talk to you. And and I want you to understand this, that God wants you to be a giver. God loves, the scripture says here in 2 Corinthians 9, that God loves a cheerful giver. And, and, And the last thing is God is always a better giver than we are. Has anybody been blessed by the Lord? Let me just see your hand if you've been blessed. The blessings I receive from the Lord are greater than anything else than the world could give me. My, my last point here, number three, is that the more God blesses us, the more he expects us to bless others. Luke chapter 12 and verse 48, but someone who does not know and then does something wrong will be punished only lightly. When someone has been given much, much will be required in return. I know many of you think that Uncle Ben was the wise man that said this to Peter Parker, but the truth is, uh, this is something that was in the scripture long before anybody thought about Spider-Man. When something, when we're giving much, much will be required in return. And when someone has been entrusted with much, even more will be required. So we're blessed. Everybody say, I'm blessed. I'm blessed with more. I'm blessed with more. I'm blessed abundantly. And and, and we have to cultivate that. We have to cultivate that spirit of abundance in our life. We, We naturally have a spirit of, I want more, I want more, I want more. When the truth is, God blesses us abundantly and we have to cultivate that abundance attitude, and we do that by giving ourselves to God, just, just giving ourselves to the Lord. First Corinthians chapter 6, 19 through 20, did you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? Read that last part with me. You are not your own. All of the campuses, let's do that again. You are not your own. Listen to what the next verse says. It says, you were bought at a price, therefore honor God. We we need to see ourselves as stewards 
and not owners. Uh, That's our mentality. Oh, this is mine. This is mine. And, And I know, without a doubt, there's cars out there that have your name on the title. There's houses that have your name on the mortgage or on the title. There's things that you have. There's, there's possessions that you have. But I'm, I'm just going to tell you, it doesn't matter whose name is on it. Everything belongs to God. I, I'm not the owner of anything. I am the steward of what God has given me. The, the psalmist says it like this in Psalms 24 and 1. The earth is the Lord's. And everything that is in it, the world and all its people belong to him. So I want to be a good steward. I don't want to think myself as an owner, a steward. I'm I'm managing the resources that God gives me. I'm managing uh, for the better of his creation. I'm managing the, the finances that he has blessed me with. And I'm managing the gifts that God has given me. So I want to make sure that I'm thinking of myself as a steward and not an owner. And I want to take the long view. Everybody say the long view. I know that many of us, and that's why credit card debt is higher than it's ever been in America. We have short-term views. We have the view of I've got to have it right now. But the long-term view is how do I live my life wisely? And just in the last five minutes, let me bring this point home to you and tell you what Moses decided. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24 through 26 says it like this. It tells his story. It says, it was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be the, called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Here, here's, here he is living in Pharaoh's house, the most influential name in the world, the most powerful nation in the world at that time, probably the height of education that could be received at that time. And he said, I'm not going to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Verse 25 says, he chose to share the oppression of God's people and instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. He, He made up in his mind, I'd rather be numbered with these people than have all of these riches and the reason that he did that is because in verse 26 it gives the answer he thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt for he was looking ahead to his great reward he he made a very deliberate calculation he a, a decision and and to be honest with you he he could not see the reward from where he was standing But this is what he did. He believed that God was true to his word. Does anybody in this house believe that God is true to his word? God is true. When when everything else in the world that we're living in turns out to be a lie, there is one thing that you can count on, and that is the word of God. The word of God. You see, Moses is looking through the eyes of faith at the faithfulness of God and says, I'd rather have this, the long-term view, the long game, the seeing in the future of what you want for your life. And, and, And I think that's very important that we make these calculations, these decisions, these, these the eternal uh, thoughts in our life that, that I, want to, I want to make sure that I'm living for the, the riches of glory. And then the very last thing that I'm going to say to you is one of the things that we have to do, if we're going to cultivate this giving, this abundance, this more, 
And, and for all of you that are listening that have been here in Life Church for years, you know that maybe I preach on finances once every two years. This is one of them. So don't be uncomfortable when I say this, but I think it's important for you to be intentional with your resources. It, it, we flow against the culture of the world that is in debt, that is over their head in credit card debt, and we say we're going to be very intentional with what God gives us. This is a translation or a, um, from, from the, the Bible into common language, and it's called the message. I want to read 2 Corinthians 9, 6, and 7. This is my last verse today. I want you to just listen to this in our everyday language. The writer there says, remember, a stingy planner gets a stingy crop. A lavish planter gets a lavish crop. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying there because we don't live on the farm anymore. If you just throw out a few seed, you're not going to get a lot of plants back. If you're a stingy planter, then the crop that you have, the plants that grow after they have germinated, there's not going to be much to it. But if you are a lavish planter, in other words, if you lavishly or with abundance throw out the seed, then you're going to have a lavish crop. I want each of you to take plenty of time to think it over. This is where Paul was teaching on giving. He was calling for an offering to be given to the church in Jerusalem. And he, he says, I want each of you to have plenty of time to think it over and make up your own mind what you will give. That will protect you against sob stories and arm twisting. I, I hope that I haven't t told any sob stories or, or arm twisted today. If that's what you perceive from me, I repent. That's not my intention. I, I know it's much more effective that God would talk to your heart about what to give. This is what he ends up by saying. God loves it when a giver delights in the giving. And so at the end of this message, all of our campuses, if you'll just stand with me, I want to close with a word of prayer. And then you have the ability to give today. I, I have mine and Nancy's offering. And, you know, we, we plan on giving. We, we plan for this Sunday every month. And, and today we're, we're giving the full amount that we have pledged but if you are not prepared to do that, if, if you are prepared, we're going to take an offering. You're going to bring it here in just a few minutes. But if you're not prepared, there is a, there is a um, card that was passed out to you. How many of you have that card? Let me see it. I want to make sure you have it. Uh, everybody have it. Who needs a card? If you need a card, hold your hand up and ushers, please help us with that. If you need a card, th this gives you the next 60 days for you to make a uh, pledge for what you will give. We, we start our legacy uh, calendar on January the 1st. So this giving is for 2023. We're still giving from our last legacy offering for this month and next month of 2022. But if, if you'll take that and if it's $1,000, make that pledge. If it's $5,000, if it's, you know, God bless us last year, we had several givers that gave 10, 15, 20,000. We, we gave as a church a total of right at 200,000 last year and we prayed about it. We're believing that our offering will uh, hit 250,000 and that just means that we can help more people. 
That, that just means we can help people. And I believe that it will be a blessing worldwide. And so as you hold these up, um, I, I just want us to pray together about this. And I want to pray for you and ask the Lord to walk with you today. Lord, thank you so much that you have blessed us. That, that you have blessed us to give that you have blessed us to be a blessing, that you've blessed us, dear Lord, so that, that in our own hearts we can feel the passion for Matthew 25 ministries to, to reach the homeless people in the city of Houston. We can feel the passion for families in crisis. We can feel the passion, dear Lord, to help plant churches in different areas of the states and help when there's catastrophes. We, we can feel the passion for revive Israel. You told us, Lord, to pray for Israel. You know, dear Lord, that that is a key to what will happen in our world. And, and we join today with many, many thousands, hundreds of thousands of people that pray for the peace of Jerusalem and that, and that the Jews and the Arabs in that area would, would find you, O oh Lord, and that peace would come. We have a passion for Lithuania. We have a passion for the wings of the Eagle Church in Mexico that is reaching into some of the poorest areas on the face of the earth. We have a passion for the Philippines to rescue children and to, to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to them and take their dark life and let it be light and color and full of things that they're joyful about. And so I pray, dear Lord, for everybody that is in all of our campuses, that they would just give what you have put on their heart, dear Lord, that they would just pledge over the next 60 days to give what you have put on their heart, dear Lord. And Lord, this is my prayer on our 68th birthday of Life Church. Lord, bless us so that we can be a blessing. Bless us with spiritual gifts. Give us people that will speak words of hope. Give us writers that will write books that will change the nation. Give us, give us a writer, a songwriters that will that will write a song that will change the world and be a worship. Bless us, Lord, not just so that we can hold it in, that we can be a reservoir, but bless us so that we can be a river that, that the blessings flow from us to other people. I know you're blessing churches like that around the nation. We want to be a part of that, God. We want your blessings so that we can be a blessing. And I pray for every person in this place that that doesn't feel like they have what they need. Reveal to them the more that you are giving into their life and help them to know how to manage and be the steward of the more that they have given. I ask it in Jesus' name. Everybody said in Jesus' name.